If table talk is hard for you, chances are you're either not doing workshop or you're not getting patients to attend workshop or your messaging is off in your workshop. Here's the deal. If you do workshop right, you're making table talk easier. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are excited to be with you. You know, before we jump on all these podcasts, Dr. Franson, you and I, we connect and we talk about what we're going to talk about and we sometimes say, hey, we should just share instead of the podcast what we talked about before the podcast because that's probably what everybody needs to hear. So we're going to do that today. In, in a strange way, we're going to do that because what we really want to do is we want to have a conversation with you. We're in the middle of a series, as you know, if you've been listening on the Remarkable Board meetings. And today is a topic that we've discussed in the past, goal setting. We're going to talk about it today, but we want to have a discussion with you CEOs. So CEOs, just sit back and you know get out your notebook and your paper. But I, we really want you to be thinking as we discuss and share about the significance of this part of the journey in your board meeting. This is such a critical piece. And, and just as a reminder, why we do board meetings, there, there's really five things that we want to accomplish when we do board meetings. Number one is, is we want to make this meaningful connection with our team. Now, if you're following the chiropractic operating system meeting rhythm, then you know that we're meeting with our teams on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and on a quarterly basis. So it's not like you haven't been connecting with your team. But there's a unique connection that we get to make with our team when we pause at a quarterly place in, in the year. There's a meaningful connection that needs to happen here. So that's the first thing is coming together as a team. We talked about that. The second thing is really creating clarity. We want to be clear on what it is that we're trying to accomplish here and making sure that everyone is on the same page and that we're crystal clear and that everyone can communicate what it is that we're trying to accomplish, what is our vision, and also everyone's clear on what are our values of our company. We, we get clear again on, on what it is. And one of the things is getting clear on our goals. So we're going to get into that. The third thing is you want to accomplish with the board meeting and why we do these is focus. I don't know about you, but we can get so busy so busy going and doing. We get so just caught up in the routine of day in and day out, week in and week out. I'll tell you what, the value of the discipline of just saying, you know what, we're going to stop and we're going to meet and we're going to focus. We're going to refocus. And it's not saying that people aren't focused. It's saying we're going to refocus. We're going to adjust the lens. We're going to come back and say, hey, how are we doing? Because what happens is people get so focused on what they're doing as an individual, which is good. We train that. But we also need to come as a team and say, what are we doing? And where are we in relationship to this year? Where are we in relationship to the rest of this year? Where are we in relationship to our next vision and to our ultimate vision? It's getting us refocused as a team. That's the third objective and why we're meeting and doing these board meetings. The fourth is expectations and agreements. Guys, we have said from the beginning, when it comes to building a remarkable practice, that with the patient relationship with the business, with the practice, it hinges on 
clear expectations and honest agreements. That's what makes a relationship with a patient remarkable. It's part of what makes it remarkable. Well, guess what? It's the same exact with our team. So this is, again, a beautiful time to reestablish, revisit what are the expectations that I have with you as a CEO and new team, team with us, all of us together around the room, you with your role, like all of that, expectations and agreements, reestablishing, revisiting those again, just saying, hey, reminding this is what those are. And then, of course, the fifth and final why we do these meetings is accountability. We, our businesses hinge on accountability. Dr. Steven, this is, again, the value of a board meeting. And again, you shared your story. I think it was in our first module, first episode, we kind of covered the overview was, you know, how these birth. just, it was a whiteboard and my team and we were meeting. So that's why it's called a board meeting, right? So, but these are significant for all of us to really embrace and understand that there's a big why behind why we do this. And that's really important for everyone to understand. Yeah, Dr. Pete, like with most things of value that we teach in the Remarkable Practice System is this was us scratching our own itch, right? So this was something that absolutely needed to happen. And, you know, so as a busy practice, as a busy practitioner, busy team, it's really easy just to get caught up in the everyday. Let's just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. And, you know, you end up with both ends of the spectrum here when you look around your room or you work around your practice is you've got you know, the on-purpose driven leader, right? You, the visionary, if you're the CEO listening to this right now and you're on fire, and, you know, you are, it's almost like purpose becomes an afterthought. It's like you are so on purpose and you are so driven, you are so incentivized, you are so motivated and you are so clear as to, you know, the mountain you're trying to take, you know, you're just, you know, you're falling forward fast, right? So your legs are just going, running downhill and you're just trying to keep your feet moving, right? So. The rest of the room, your team, if you look around the room, they're very often reeling because they're like, there's a lot of particle movement. We have no idea what's a priority. We don't know where we're headed. Our feet are moving too, but we're not sure. We're just kind of trying to follow you. Either that or they just totally disengage as a survival instinct because you know they're awash with just busyness, right? So you know, for us, it was regardless of whether we were at 100 a week or 300 a week or 1,000 a week, it was always the same experience because that's just who we were as a team, right? So that 300 a week team or that 300 a week leader, I was drowning in the busyness of what that meant, right? And there was no way we were going to be able to go to the next level unless we just, we got organized, right? So we, we would just pull our heads up and look around, take a breath, right? Look at the landscape of where we were, where we are and where we're going, right? That's the power of just hitting the pause button, right? Not because we're reacting to a crash, but we're doing this in a way that's proactive. It's planned, right? So we chart this thing out and we say, okay, we are going to have this quarterly meeting. We're going to have this quarterly rhythm. Where we're all going to get together. We're going to block off hours where we can come together and be like, okay, let's get total clarity, right? So let's get in front of the whiteboard. You know, let's, for us, it was We had our war room out back, the team sitting around the folding tables that we'd throw in the middle of the room because it was also our patient education center, which was also our patient exercise center, which was also my favorite napping spot, right? So it was like this multi-use area. Well, it became the place where we held our board meetings and we called them board meetings because it was in front of a whiteboard. And for anybody who has spent any time around me, you know, I need a whiteboard, man. Just give me that magic marker and a whiteboard and let's get to work. So this became the board meetings and we 
separated them out into four separate and distinct topics, right? So we had the remarkable vision casting, which is what does success look like? And then it was remarkable product and process, which is what's for sale here and how do we deliver that value? Then it's remarkable goal setting, which is where are we going? And then remarkable marketing machine, which is how are we going to get there, right? So today we're going to zoom in on the remarkable goal setting. And we've had goal setting conversations before, but today I want to take a different angle on it. Let's talk as CEOs. It's like, let's talk about like, how do you prepare for this meeting? How, how do you deliver this? You know, what should you be talking about? Like, we get a lot of how-to questions, right, Dr. Pete? It's like, you know, I get goal setting. I almost, it's almost like I get how to set goals but I don't quite understand how to throw a goal setting meeting, right? So what does that look like? Turns out there's a series of those, like this would be the kickoff meeting that actually informs or births a whole series of meetings that will be happening on a daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly basis. Man, I'm psyched to dive into this content, but I want to tell you before we do, I just got back from Austin, Texas, where I got to be around some of the top chiros in the world at the Ultimate Achievers Club meetup. And I just want to just do a shout out for a couple of people that just pointed out that they're listening and they really appreciate our podcast. So, you know, big thanks go out to Nada Hashimoto. I just appreciate you, Nada. You're just awesome guy. Cliff Fisher was just really just gushing with his recognition of the value of our podcast. And I also got a note from Jordan Fairley. Jordan, I appreciate you. I know you're listening to all the podcasts. So I just want to appreciate you guys. Getting that kind of feedback when we're around other Kairos really is wind in our sails. So we appreciate you. We thank you for the nod and we really appreciate your fellowship. We'll ask all of you. It's like, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a review, send us a note, right? So feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or on Facebook or, you know, send a pigeon, whatever it takes. We'd love to hear the feedback and we just appreciate you. And ultimately, as you guys know, referral is the greatest thank you, right? So if you find value in this and you know there's another Cairo in your life who would benefit from having the CEO conversation, picking your head up, so to speak, just like a board meeting every Tuesday, and we look around the landscape of our practice, our business, and our profession, man, we would so appreciate it if you would share this. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to go there. So I also just want to you know, say thank you as well to all of you who do listen and you know, what's cool is, you know, in coaching, you know, we have the opportunity to connect with doctors individually, sometimes collectively in a mastermind. And it's really been encouraging for me just to, to hear that, that this podcast has become part of the rhythm, right? It's become part of the me doing CEO time is I actually get fed a little bit, right? I listen, and it's part of my cadence. It's actually part of my cadence. So I actually consume this. It drips out every Tuesday. I actually don't listen on Tuesdays. I actually listen on Wednesdays, but it's my rhythm. So I put it in my schedule. And here's the thing I would say to you guys, and this is, again, goes back to Dr. Steve, what you were just talking about is creating this quarterly pulse is you got to schedule it. You got to schedule time. Like when you want to, if you want to have a remarkable board meeting, and this is one of the first things that I coach, show me your 12 month calendar. And show me where on the calendar that board meeting is, is going to be. And you got to get them planned out 12 months in advance. Otherwise, they will not happen. And they, Or if they do happen, it's like we squeeze it in. It becomes a like a, a side gig moment. And you're just like, no, this is the main thing. So for me, you know, as I'm listening to you kind of sharing, I wanted to share some of my you know, frustration as well. I would say for me that the board meeting concept really birthed out of frustration 
it birthed from a place of pain of feeling that I was carrying too much of the weight of the vision and the mission inside of me. And then the goals as well as the marketing. It was like, so hearing you talk about the four, it's like, those are the four things that if you don't build a remarkable team, and if you don't really follow through with this, you will, as a CEO, ultimately, you will have to carry this mostly alone. Meaning vision, you're going to carry that. You're going to carry your goals. You're going to carry that. You're going to carry the weight of it. You're going to carry the weight when we don't hit it. You're going to carry the weight of trying to hit it. The marketing, you're going to carry that. And it's a very lonely, very difficult, very heavy way to go. And we talk about the owner operator. This is at the essence of the owner operator journey. It's like, man, what is that? Like, because sometimes we say, well, what does that mean, owner operator? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what does that mean to be the owner? And what it is, a lot of it is just like, man, I just have not learned how to build a team and delegate to a team and empower a team. I just haven't really effectively done that. I have people in roles doing jobs that I, I think I have that. I've got some CAs. I've got some people. Yeah, that's, but that, and that's part of it. That's a good start. Like we have to start there. And I had started there, doc, but I really was not as effective at really recruiting the team you know, to the bigger picture. Like I could recruit them on a daily huddle. I was actually really good at that, right? Like everybody <laughs> huddle up, man. And and I mean, and daily, daily huddle was my jam. I mean, that was my jam. I mean, that was like, it was special. It was a special moment for our team. It was a special moment for me. And I loved it. But then when it got to be these quarterlies, it's like, man, how do you do this really, really well? And I didn't even know we were supposed to do them, Right. But it became something over time that really birthed from a place of pain and frustration and need fundamentally. And I didn't have the framework that we just, you just described, didn't have that. I was like, we just got to meet and we got to talk about like what's going on. And we're going to take longer than our normal one hour meeting and we're going to meet. And it's basically the end of the quarter. So that's probably a good time because I owe quarterly taxes right now. So we're kind of doing some stuff in the business. This is kind of how the economy works. So we should do this as a business. So it really birthed from a place of, I don't know what else to do. We're just going to have to meet longer. That's really what it started as. Here's a few words from our newest podcast sponsors. We're grateful for their support of the show. One of our core values at The Remarkable Practice is innovation. And that's one reason why we love partnering with SCED, who is dedicated to helping chiropractors connect and communicate better by using innovative technology that's easy to use. SCED allows chiropractors to connect to every patient through their mobile phone like never before, increasing conversion, retention, and reactivations all with less work. Software can seem complicated to start, so the team at SCED does all the work to get you set up and running as quickly and efficiently as possible. SCED does the hard work for you. To request a demo, go to www.sked.life. That's S-K-E-D dot life. Our friend Derek Van Ness from Big Life Financial recently informed us that most doctors are overpaying taxes, an average of $11,000 per $100,000 of income. That's crazy. At TRP, we say you need to systematize everything. And the truth is, Doc, if you don't have a system to save and grow wealth, you will never get ahead financially. Big Life Financial does tax and financial strategy for small business owners, helping you keep more of what you make and be smarter with it. 
research and development, credit filings, tax strategy and savings, financial strategies, including cash flow banking, are all things our friend Derek Van Ness and Big Life Financial can help you with. Go to BigLifeFinancial.com to learn more. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. Pete, I love what you just said. And, and you know, as you were saying that, it reminded me a premise that we have in the Remarkable Practice around table talk. Okay, so bear with me, guys. This will make sense to you. This will land you. There's a lot of docs that really struggle with talk and tick, right? Talking to their patients on the day-to-day visits, right? So like, man, it just feels awkward. I feel robotic. I feel like I'm forcing it, what have you. And what we tie that back to is if table talk is hard for you, chances are you're either not doing workshop or you're not getting patients to attend workshop or your messaging is off in your workshop. Here's the deal. If you do workshop right, you're making table talk easier, right? So when you do workshop right and you introduce the concepts and you're teaching the concepts, you're going to revisit them in table talk. If you're setting expectations and agreements that you're going to educate in every visit, if you're doing that heavy lift during the workshop, then every visit gets easier, right? So as you're table talking, you're simply unpacking the concepts deliberately in an organized way that you introduced at the workshop. You've got the heavy lift done in that 45-minute setting, and then it's very natural and easy to do table talk. If you find table talk really hard, trust me, you're not getting the job done at workshop, right? So the same thing can be said around these board meetings, right? So you talk about huddles, daily huddles. It's just like table talk for your team. It's that daily tick with your team. If you look at your quarterly board meetings as like the workshop, there's a big lift that happens every quarter in this rhythm. And then the daily huddles become so much easier and so much more productive. Man, I love that. That was powerful. That really landed for me. So I hope that landed for, you know, for all of you who are listening because you're spot on. And that's where, Doc, I remember like when I first started making, you know, doing the board meetings and I felt like I was getting to my group, I started making PowerPoints for my board meeting, which is actually interesting because I would build PowerPoints for my workshops, right? So we were, we were always building PowerPoints and making things look good for the patients. But then I was like, all right. So if I'm going to meet with my team, like, why would I approach it any differently? So my board meeting became a, it's interesting that you brought this up and now I'm thinking about it. It actually became a workshop really, because I would prepare by building a deck is actually what I would do. Almost like I had my opening, you know, and I had my body and then I had my clothes. Like we had it all. And I had it in a form of a deck, just like I was doing a advanced workshop on something, right? Some topic, you know, bulletproofing your low back building your titanium immune system or whatever it was, whatever the subject matter, it was about the team. And what I love about it was, and this is really important, when I really got my epiphany was we did the meeting and then I saw a shift in the energy of my team. It was almost like they went from this glazed over look of like, it's been a long day, it's been a long week, it's been a long whatever. And then all of a sudden it's like, they did like one of these, like, and they got like reminded because even in the daily huddle, you have like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and it's like, open the doors and it's like, here we go. Watch out, man. That is a lot of people about to come in. So even the daily huddle, everybody always knew it's like, yeah, this is just a calm before a big storm. And so like everybody was just on a different energy level. So, which was fine because like we were ready to go for it, but the quarterly was like, Hey, 
shut the door, lock the door. We're not, patients aren't coming in like right after this meeting. Like this is what we're doing today for the rest of the day. Like, and then after this, y'all go home. Like don't. And I protected the space of the meeting. Like that's right. I never tried to jam it into a day and then we're going to see patients later. Now that's my pet peeve. I'm just telling you guys, if you're trying to jam this meeting in and then do a bunch of stuff energetically guys, like when my wife and I meet, you know what we do? Especially when we do our board meeting, we go away. We do an overnight. You want to know why? Because I got five kids. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, I can't be, well, I got to quickly make a meal and then change this diaper and then take this kid to this next thing. Our board meeting, my wife and I, it's going to be crap. Crap. Because I have to create an environment for me to have a successful board meeting. So one of the things that I want to say about this is, number one, planning them out in advance. Number two, creating an environment. Dr. Steve, you've talked about like taking it off premises. I mean, you've got to do something different to create something sacred about this meeting. So one of the things is I created a deck and I had a, I always had like a vision casting moment and that was never my issue. My issue was, all right, bring it down, Dr. Pete. That's enough vision. Let's get to it. Right. So, but I had to have my vision casting moment. My team all was like, we're good with that. You know, I had to get, let it rip for a little bit. And we did that, but it was done intentionally with a thought. Like I thought about it. I created a PowerPoint. I created a couple of things I wanted to say. It kept me on track because I could go off the rails. And then we moved into the next stage, right? And we're going to go through that, which one of the things was goal setting. But we also did where we took it off the premises. And what was powerful about that is it became an, an event. It became an event, an experience. And it became so powerful and so meaningful to the team. And even later... As I get on the phone with you know previous docs and team members, they still are like, man, I love our board meetings. And once a year we did a retreat. So it was like two days. We went out into the woods and cabin and we brought in food and you know, we just played games at night. We I mean, it was like we did it right as a team because I knew how sacred this be was, but I didn't know it always. Like it, it took time to get there. So I just so wherever you are in the spectrum of I don't do board meetings too. This is going to be new. I'm just starting board meetings too. I've been doing it for a while. A couple of best practices. Number one, you got to plan it out way in advance. Number one. Number two, block that time. Make it sacred. Don't try to squeeze a bunch of stuff in there. That's another best practice I found. Number three, prepare by organizing that in some sort of a structure, whether it's a handout or whatever. I always give them a handout and I had a deck. All those things are really important. I put a lot of hours in. I mean, hours and hours and hours of prep as a CEO into that meeting and even meeting with my COO about what do we need to talk about. Those are just a couple of things, Dr. Steen, that all led to the conversation where we're going about, you know, just hit in a little bit more about goals. Well, you you brought the, my favorite word into it when it comes to these board meetings, which is energy, right? So every one of these is about energizing your team, right? So focus creates energy. Accountability creates energy, right? So you know your results are always a reflection of your energy. Your business is always a reflection of your energy, right? Your energy and your team's energy. We all know the truth. When the energy's up, the business is up. When the energy's flat, the business is flat. When the energy's down, the business is down. This is a big part of crucial communications. When we look at that E equals MC squared equation, right? So energy equals money times crucial communications. This is one of the five crucial communications, right? So this is a big one, right? So we want to make sure that everybody on the team, when it comes to goal setting, you recognize that this is going to energize your team. When you get everybody to recognize that, you know, the human mind is just like a GPS system. We were there. Now we're here. And this is where we're going ultimately. So this is where we're going next. When you start plotting out the plots on the in space and time for the GPS system, you got to get their energy right. So 
everybody loves to have goals. A players require, they insist on goals, right? So they won't tolerate an environment when they don't have goals. And this is such a great way to energize your team and make it so that it is automatic, right? So you're putting it in, you're not leaving it to chance. It's scheduled, right? So this is something that every quarter you just bring everybody together, you huddle up and you say, all right, let's get clear on our goals. So you know, Dr. Pete, a lot of people are probably listening to us, you know, because it's a podcast, but you might be watching us on YouTube. So, you know, our producer asked us to, you know, maybe change it up a little bit so that we knew which one we we're looking at. So um, I brought back a little something from my trip out to Austin, Texas. So for those of you who are listening, you don't see my badass new cowboy hat that I just got. <laughs> so oh, I'm going to wear my cowboy hat today because I want to cowboy up on these goals, man. I love goal setting. This is one of my favorite things to do. This is one of the six CEO tools that I keep myself. I don't delegate this away to anybody else because I think it's just so critically important that we set those GPS points out in front of us really intentionally, really deliberately. And we own them, right? And we've got to be able to tell the story, not only where we're going, but how we're going to get there, right? So we were just out in Texas, as I said, we were celebrating just smashing our goals. Like, so we've been smashing goals in 2020 and 2021. And that's exactly what I want for you guys, all right? So when we talk about setting those GPS points, this is kind of the how-to conversation now is we want to always have like a three-year view of our business, right? So when we talk as CEOs, we talk about last, we talk about now, we talk about next, and we talk about ultimate, right? So we last, that's where we were before, last quarter. Now, this is where we are this quarter. Next, this is where we're going the next quarter. And then, of course, ultimately, that's that three to five-year view. I love to say, have a three-year view of your business all the time and a three-month focus on your goals, right? So you're always slipping and checking against where do we want to be in three years? Where do we want to land in 12 months from now? But you should have total crystal clarity over the next 90 days. Yeah, I love this three-year view of your practice all the time and a three-month view of your goals. I think that concept is absolutely vital, Doc, because I think one of the things that happens is we become myopic. I think might be the word. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but we become really just focused. And focus is a beautiful thing. And it's a really important thing. But sometimes we lose sight of where we're going. And it's like the person who's walking with their head down, but they don't realize like, you know, they're going to walk into a wall or hit a telephone pole or something like that. Like, it's like, it's like, and, and, and here's the other thing. Here's another, here's another. Somebody who's a good driver, you see they're using three points of reference, right? They look at the rear view mirror, they look at the dashboard and they look out the windshield. They right? got it all. So you've got to be able to recognize that, you know, driving a business is just like driving a vehicle. Good driving requires that you're looking out the windshield into the future. You're looking into the rear view mirror, which is where you've been. And then you're looking at the dashboard, which is that real-time feedback. And I think we've all been in a car or behind the car where that driver's only looking at one of those three things. And we absolutely have. And yet there's a fourth one now. It's your GPS. You're looking at a fourth thing, right? So you also got your GPS because if you're driving in Austin, you've never been there before and you're trying to get from A to B, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Is it right? Take a right here. It says take a right, you know? And uh, so you're looking at all of that and the GPS. So really what the goals is basically saying, hey, this is what the GPS says to do based on the fact that we want to get to this point. Okay. So ultimately we want to get here, but to get there the first thing we gotta do is we got to get to this next point juncture. So this is the three year ultimate 90 days next, right? And we talk about next also being 12 months, but let's say the next 90 days. And that's what the value of this three month quarterly 
pulse meeting is, it creates that. So again, it's the GPS basically turn by turn directions and saying, hey, ultimately we're going here, but this is where we're going next. And I, I love this framework, Doc, because when it comes to you know goal setting, you know one of the challenges for people is it, it can feel hard. It can feel vague. It can feel like you know it's a wish, a dream. And, and what we say is, listen, you got to assess what where did we come from. So not only do we look three years ahead, Doc, when it comes to goal setting, and this is why I love goal setting for this reason as well. I get to assess data from the past three years. So when I make an informed, a great goal setting, when I set goals and then I pitch it to my team and I want their buy-in and I can handle their questions and feedback is I know, listen, I made these goals. I set them based on assessing the last three months, yes, and even the last year, yes, even the last three years if you have that data. So remember, really great goal setting is informed decision. It's an informed and that's one of the first things when I ask CEOs, hey, let's talk about your goals. First thing I say is, let's get your stat. Like, let's review. Like, I can't help you set a goal if I don't know where, what have you been doing? What are the trends? What's the trend? You know, and if I have a trend that's a downward trend over the last three years, like, we got to look at this team. I didn't think this. I thought it was a this type of a trend. It's actually a this type of a trend. It's not just flat. It's down. You're like, wow. So team, we're going to set some goals here. Does everybody agree? Like, hell yeah. Wow, didn't even know that. We have been getting worse and worse and worse and worse at that. And sometimes you just don't know because you're so focused and you're not looking in the front, the rear view, the side view, because you're just either looking in the front and just a GPS and you totally miss the other two. So you don't get to luxury of not seeing it all. You got to see this whole picture. So one of the goal setting uh, parts is the, an assessment, a thorough assessment of your performance metrics over the last 90 days and three years. So powerful. Right. It kicks off our appear process, right? So this is a perfect example of the appear process. We don't want to just hope for the future. We don't want to, you know, no, no offense. You know, the law of attraction, I know resonates with some people and, and the manifestations of things, but you know, I think CEOs like to have influence. Like we like to participate. We want to know it's like, okay, so God gives me a bike, but I got to pedal it. Right. So we do the appear process, which is I want my future to appear in front of me, right? So I want it to manifest and I want to influence that. So we assess, then we plan, then we prepare, then we execute, then we assess and repeat, right? So that's the appear process that you've heard so often on this podcast, right? This is a perfect example of using that assess first, then plan, which is setting the goals, right? So planning and prepare to pitch your team on your goals. And then everybody, let's execute, right? So we know what's going to be on the backside of that, assess and then repeat, right? So ultimately, this typically is owned by this, the leadership team. So the CEO and the COO, or you as the clinic director or the owner and your office manager, however you do this, usually you come together so that you have the chime in and buy-in of the other very critical leader on the team, right? So you don't want to do this in a silo, right? You don't want to do this in a vacuum. You want to make sure that you are we're running this by some very important person on your team that you're going to need their chime in and buy in, right? That office manager. I personally, I like to keep this tool myself. I like to keep this report myself and say, I own this one. I'm going to bring the, the goals to the office manager. They're going to push back where they think we're off track, whether our goals are not ambitious enough, or maybe they're too ambitious, or maybe we're focusing on the wrong things, what have you. But otherwise, 
we present as a united front, right? By the time we get in front of the team and we promote it to the team and we and we lay it in front of the team for their chime in and then buy in as Daniel Pink teaches. You know, so you want to be at united front like parents showing up to talk to the kids, right? So it's like, we've already discussed this. We agree. This is where we're going, right? So ultimately, Dr. Pete, from a high level, we want to make sure that we're setting these CEO and COO goals that so many of these other goals for the team you know, goals that are going to show up on everybody's scorecards. They're going to show up on the scoreboard, right? Everything's coming out of vital signs. The essence of this is we're going to show up with these high level leadership team goals, which I would consider really downstream metrics, right? These are the big numbers, right? We're going to look at attraction marketing. We're going to look at conversion, which is our sales process, right? So retention, and then we're going to look at collections as well, right? Which is the ultimate downstream, right? So money follows value. So attraction, conversion, retention, and collections, those are the big ones. I like to set 12 big goals for the leadership team, for CEOs and COOs. And then we let all the rest of the team's goals flow right out of that sheet. Yeah. So I think, Dr. Stephen, what you're explaining is we have a powerful tool that we use in the remarkable practice called the goal setting worksheet. And what you basically just said was, hey, we've organized it for you or we give you a w- ability to organize it with a framework. So you may not visualize that, but it's literally as you're talking, Dr. Stephen, all I see in my mind, it's goals, worksheets and filled out. And it's just how my brain works. Like if you just see the pictures, oh yeah, it's all organized this way. So one of the things that, that a remarkable CEO does is they organize their goals categorically. And the categories that we recommend are the categories that we have seen historically for our business and Again, doesn't matter what business you're in. I can bring this to my friend who owns restaurants and be like, how about this? And they'd be like, yeah, that about makes sense. So it's attraction. So what are the one, two, or three key metrics, key goals as a company, corporate? So we, I say we have corporate goals, company goals, and individual goals. So yes, for example, let's give them just some examples. Like my favorites are, you know, let's talk about it's marketing. So let's, the purpose of marketing is to do lead generation, right? So it's like, we like internal lead generation, referrals, external lead generation, and then digital marketing lead generation, right? So there's an example of like, those are downstream big numbers. And those that's what you would set goals to, right? So for conversion, same thing. It's just the conversion percentage of those three respective categories of new patients, for example. Retention, my gosh, that's its own show, right? So how many retention metrics do we have? Like, you know, some of our favorites are like percentages of patients that are mapped out, you know, compliance percentage is a big one, R4 stick rate, R4 reconversion rate, R5 stick rates and reconversion rates, et cetera, patient visit average PVA, et cetera, patient volume. Those are all retention metrics. Pick the ones that you want to focus on, right? This the way the CEO says, this is what's important now. And then of course, collections, we talk about things like collection visit average. We talk about top line revenue or collections. We talk about profit. We talk about profit margin, right? So there's so many just awesome numbers that, you know, you want to point a finger at and say, you know, hey, as the CEO, I'm the human magnifying glass. This is what's important now. This is where I want the fire to start. Okay, let's take a quick break and talk about Cairo Matchmakers. Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the right person for the job. If you're looking to hire the ideal chiropractic assistant, Cairo Matchmakers will help you find the specific person missing from your team so that you can get back to using your talents to serve more people. Or if you're looking to hire the ideal associate doctor, CMM can help. 
Chiro Matchmakers helps chiropractors like you find the ideal associate doctor to unlock your practice potential and get you the freedom that you desire. To learn more, go to chiromatchmakers.com. Genesis Chiropractic Software and Billing Network harnesses artificial intelligence and automation to improve collections, patient retention, compliance, and staff efficiency. Being in the cloud for over 16 years allows Genesis to take advantage of artificial intelligence, provides the practice with a more accessible and secure system, allows for more seamless integrations with other technologies, and ensures you will always have access to the latest technology available on the market. Genesis Single Point Management harnesses AI and workflow automation in order to optimize the overall patient experience. For the practices that use Genesis Single Point Management as compared to all other systems, they see an increase in revenue, cash, and insurance of 62%, patient retention 26%, compliance 32%, and 33% more staff efficiency. To schedule a risk-free demo, go to www.genesischiropracticsoftware.com. That's genesischiropracticsoftware.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. And then what happens is once you set those for the business, then you can set individual goals. Here's the challenge. If you're trying to work the other way around, set individual goals to, towards this way, it doesn't work. You actually have to set... That's why as a behavior, a discipline, as a CEO, you have to take the time in advance to set the goals for the year and then for the quarter, reverse engineer it back, make sure things are adding up and you're on target. And then a pivot and adjust. Like if you have, if let's say it's a Q3 board meeting and you're, so now, so what that means is it's the end of June. So you've done six months of the year and you're looking at the second half of the year and you're looking at your attraction stats and you say, okay, our goal for the year is we want a thousand new patients, right? And we have broken down about 300 per category, internal, external, digital. Here we are six months into the year. We're behind target, on target, or ahead of target. And this is where we present to the team and say, hey guys, our goal is still a thousand. We're going to get 1000 new patient leads people this year. That's our goal. And we're going to do about 300, let's say, and 30 each. Let's just go with that as a clean number. Six months into the year, you would have to be halfway there, essentially. Unless you're actually creating a, a goal where you're going to increase it over time for whatever reason. So I'm not going to get into that. Totally another conversation. But this is the moment where you would look at that and say, okay, as a business, guys, this is where we are. So you may adjust your third quarter goals based on where you're at in relationship to your annual goal based on where you are because you're behind target or maybe ahead of target or on target. You can decide what you want to do. So this is that moment. For each category. So whether it's attraction, conversion, retention, or collection. So track with me. Then from there, you go to your individuals. And let's say you have a key player on your team who really is a marketing director person, or they have influence over new patient generation. You would go to them now and look at their individual scorecard and say, okay, your goals are the the sub goals that drive these goals. So let's look at the activities there and the benchmarks and the goals that you have to make sure they align with what we want to create here from our, our attraction standpoint. Or if I'm more of the conversion doc and my stats are conversion, then I want to look at that with me as an associate. If I'm one of the associate docs who's really doing conversions and that's one of my KPIs or a couple of my KPIs, 
making sure that those goals that I've set are aligned with us hitting our quarterly goals for conversion. If I'm a CA who's responsible for retention, I'm a checkout CA, maybe, you know, and that's one of my KPIs is your retention. Let's say percent of people mapped out some of the examples that you gave. We would look at me as a checkout CA and make sure my scorecard now aligns with the company. So now I'm not just alone in this. I recognize as a team member, I'm a part of a bigger picture. This is the whole individuals are accountable, but everyone's responsible. And I'm part of a bigger picture. So that's kind of how this works. So that's why we say at the quarterly check pulse meeting, the board meeting, you also do your individual quarterly reviews with individuals. And this is how it works because you've now got the business goals. Now we can effectively do individual goals. So powerful. Let's unpack that because it really does trickle down, right? So the board meetings are held as a team. Individual quarterly reviews are done individually. So I don't want to confuse that point. Make sure that everybody hears that right. So the board meetings are done collectively and we break down these elements. We set our goals. We take this goal, the goals and then we transcribe them onto things like the marketing report, because the goals are going to live on the marketing report. We're going to transcribe those onto the scorecards, right? So every individual person on the team is going to get their respective scorecard with their respective KPIs based on their role and responsibilities in the business. Then we'll select which of those KPIs will end up on the scoreboard, right? And the scoreboard is what drives the weekly team meeting, right? And then ultimately, we will be reviewing those things individual quarterly review, right? So the individual quarterly review is where we will break away from the team. It'll probably be done on a different day, but within the next week or two, and we meet individually and you really have a come to Jesus meeting. You're like, okay, so I know we've identified our goals. Then we identified what, which KPIs are on your scorecard. Do you understand those KPIs? Do you understand how we've arrived at those? Why we've assigned them to you and your role in the function of this business? Do you understand the activities that will drive that number? Do you buy into the goal, right? Do you understand that we said goals are on the KPIs? Like That's where you have that conversation. You do that privately because you know what, guys? People will either get caught up in the moment of being excited in the board meeting and they'll say, yes, 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 yes. Or they'll be afraid to push back or say no in a group. So that's where, you know, the individual quarterly reviews become important. That's where you get them to sign off, so to speak, on those scorecards. This is such an important thing that we do these individual quarterly reviews, right? Dr. Pete, we're going to do an episode and it's either one or two episodes away. We're going to do one just on the quarterly individual reviews as well. So we'll, we'll save that conversation for there. So just to recap, we love to say that this may feel like a lot of data because we run data-driven businesses as CEOs, right? So the data itself... This is the same information. It's just done in a different presentation because it drives a different conversation. Okay. So I want you to think about that is your vital signs or your office metrics. That's the sort of reservoir of all the data you need to really do all these things right. So that data comes from the goals form, right? So we talk about setting our goals and then we take that information off of the goals form and it just flows downstream and it starts to populate things like the marketing report, the individual scorecards, the scoreboard itself, this continuity, it's the same numbers, right? It's the same information in a different presentation because it's driving a different conversation. So Dr. Pete, just a couple of just quick best practices when it comes to setting these goals. We wanna make sure that everybody understands what SMART goals are, man. This is so critical. When we talk about laws of the jungle, like if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. This is one of those laws of the jungle. Make sure they're SMART goals. I love this acronym. 
So the SMART goal stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based, right? So that's where you get SMART goals, right? So specific, don't be vague. You know, vague targets don't get hit, right? So you want to make sure that you're super specific around exactly what you want that number to be, what that number represents as far as an activity that's going to drive the outcome you're looking for. So be specific, right? Make sure it's measurable. Keep it objective. Unless you like drama, you know, if you love to have upset, crying, frustration, stress, then you know what? Don't make it measurable. Make it totally subjective, right? So we've all been in those horrible individual quarterly review meetings because we didn't have objective measurements against their, you know, their efforts and their goals. So make sure that they are objective and measurable. Make sure they're achievable. Okay. So I like to qualify this one saying your goals should scare the crap out of you and everybody on the team. I'm okay with that. Right. I don't want you to lose sleep over it, but I want you to be thinking about it first thing in the morning when your feet hit the ground. I want to make these stretch goals. Right. So we're in the business of saving lives. Let's act like it. Right. Let's, let's set goals that reflect that understanding. They should be scary, but possible. It mean, in other words, it means that we're going to need to bring our best to hit these goals, right? So scary, but possible. They got to be relevant to the mission. And of course, time-based. We're talking about 90-day goals. All right, guys. So that's uh, board meeting number three. So we're in this middle of this board meeting series. Part one was on remarkable vision casting. Part two is on remarkable product and process. This, of course, is on remarkable goal setting, which is where are we going? Join us in the next episode where we're going to be unpacking remarkable marketing machine, which is where we're going to unpack exactly how we're going to get there. God bless. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.